The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host for Loving. Another great show. Every time I have this guest on my show, um, it's such a great time to talk with him just visit and hear what he has to say. Former NBA player, Reggie Slater. You know Reggie? I'm here, so I'm the love. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you on, Red. Hey, great to be on here. Thanks for inviting me. That's good. Well, before we get to bombing you with um, questions, about how's everything been going with you? How's everything down there going with everything? Well, you know, it's a typical Houston fall, so it's down to about 80 degrees um, in Houston. And uh, other than that, man, just busy, you know, uh, since I retired from playing uh, sports, I got into the business world and and have a few uh, few things going on, and then it keeps me pretty uh, pretty occupied. Well, that's good. You just came back from Wyoming. How was that visit down there? It's fantastic. It's always good to good. It's always good to come back from Wyoming, go visit, go see old friends, uh, and dust off old memories and make some new ones. So you know, it was, it was, it was a pleasure for me. I understand you're going up there this coming week. Yeah, we got a, um, actually they got a reunion for all the teams that played in the um, bowl game. So it's going to be good, like you say, to see all the guys we played with and right down there. Nice. Nice. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Red, before I start with, you know, the start of the NBA with question with that, I had to dig back in my emails because having you on, there was a lot of emails that we didn't get to you that people were sending to read. And, you know, so I want to get to some of those before we start. Is that okay? That's fine with me. Um, this one is from Dustin from Washington, D.C. Hey, Red, have you ever played with injuries? And if you did, do you think you hurt the team by playing? Um, uh, yes. If you're going to be an athlete and if you're fortunate enough to get into that professional um, area of uh, being a professional athlete, you're going you're gonna to play with injuries. Whether it's something as little as a nagging hamstring injury or a toe injury, turf toe or something, to something as serious as a, a complete ACL tear. Um, you know, I played with injuries throughout my entire career, even had my MCL and ACL tour in um, in '95. Uh, you know, it's one of the deals you have to face as part of the part of the process. Uh, if you get injured, you just have to focus and 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 uh, if you really want to continue playing, rehab and get back. Red, do you do you feel that you dedicate to the team to play with the injuries? Because I mean, because you know you hear all these players, and you know I'm, I'm talking about NFL. I don't have NBA, but say that they like um, Burkowski for New England that he was cleared to play, he's not ready to play, and then we go back to like Derrick Rose. Do you feel that you obligated to play though? Well, I think that your obligation is not necessarily to the team so much, but to the 
to the love of the game that you are, in a way, married to. Uh, you know, I was looking at the, I was looking at a, a, a television show. I'm sorry, an NFL show the other day about the the guy who lost the tip of his finger. Um, the wide receiver, you probably know now. I think he's a wide receiver. Yeah, At any rate, defensive uh, back what, for uh, Arizona. Yeah, what was his name? He's a defensive back for Arizona. I know he's uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, one of the comments that the commentators were saying it was Chris uh, Carter and a couple other guys is, you know, when you're in the zone of playing, and and you love that sport that you're playing, as I loved basketball when I was playing professionally. You know, I understand where that guy, he just, you know, he went to the sideline, asked him to take the finger back up and went back in the game. Or, you know, that was his desire. Um, yeah, I don't know if you owe anything so much to, to, to the organization as much as you owe it to the love and the passion that you have for that particular sport. Yeah, and, and like you say, you see all these players that are playing hard, but are they playing, you think they're playing for themselves or for the owners? Because I know, you know, um, you got to look at your career, right? You got to look and see, you know, if you're going to play, is that going to energy you for the rest of your life, or do you want to keep playing, right? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you have to wait. You know, you just have to sit down and and weigh, weigh what's heaviest in your heart, you know? Because, I mean, realistically, if you, again, if you are fortunate to play uh, professional sports, you're going to have a lot more wear and tear on your body and your joints than anybody. So, you know, I was always of the mindset that if I'm going to get in trouble a little, hell, I might as well get in trouble a lot. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know you're going to get injured. You know, and I'm sure you do too, man. You get up in the morning, you limp a little bit, yeah. you got stretch a little bit more than you used to, but I wouldn't trade, nor what I think you or any other athlete would trade, trade the experiences that you had for the pain. You know what I mean? I mean, right. hopefully you can, you can seek some type of, you know, uh, medicinal help or, or, or something from a doctor. But, 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 but the memories that you've got while uh, achieving your goals, you know, playing professionally and whatnot, I, mean, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I wouldn't trade that for the world. I tore my ACL, tore my MCL, had a lot of, you know, uh, uh, physical pains, but through it all, I, mean, I had great experiences. And it made me into the person I am today, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, that's good. This is going to come back to a question that we have out there Road later, but um, this is another question. This is from Mike from Boise, Idaho. Reggie, what was your worst game you ever had, and do you wish you ever could take that game back and play it again? <laughs> it was my worst <laughs> game that I ever had. You know, um, you know, I... You know what, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really focus on that. I couldn't tell you the worst game that I ever had. Um, because, you know, being a professional athlete, um, and I'm a professional business person at this point, I don't focus on, I don't focus on the bad. Uh, anything that was negative or bad, I kind of, you know, I want to punt that away. It, because my mindset is that, you know, if I have, a, you know, do pie charts, if I have 100% of mental thought, I'd rather focus all that on what I can do and what I can achieve and, and, and how I can do something. I don't want that pie chart to be consumed by anything of what could have been or what would have been or, or where I can go back. That, 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 that doesn't help me to get to my goal. So I honestly can't remember. I'm sure I had bad games. I'm sure I, I know I had great games too. 
says, when you out there playing, do you feel, I mean, like you see some of, you know, like basketball, you see players that shoot, shoot, keep missing and missing. Do, is that considered a bad game or they just off? And then, you know what I'm saying? Do we hey, consider that a bad only, game? You can only win the race if you're in the race. So, you know, you keep shooting, man. You got to keep on shooting. Um, you know, um, your guys are depending on you're in the position that you are as a shooter or a rebounder or whatever it is that you do special on your team for a reason. And your group, you're not only not only do your guys believe in you, but the management believes in you, and so do the fans. So you, you know, through these tough times, you have to just dig down and do it and, and push on through. Okay. Well, we're gonna come back question later. I don't want to get to this one. Um, the NBA started now, Reg. You know, it's got a lot of talk about Derrick Rose coming back and him sitting out last year. My question to you, Reg, is: Do you think that benefit him sitting out last year? Did he make the right choice? And do you think team his teammates? You know, was, how can you say was mad at him for not playing? Do you think so, Reg? Um, may I tell you what? Um, this is what I think. This is my opinion. Um, and I, I think he took a little more time than what was thought, but I think he knows his body a little bit more than anybody else. And even if he was physically able to play, the mental aspect of the game is even more powerful than the physical aspect of the game because if you go out there and you worry about getting hurt, nine times out of ten, you're going to get hurt. So, I mean, I think he had to have complete mental clarity uh, in his head, in order to go out there to perform. Uh, elsewise, he was more of a detriment as opposed to an asset um, to uh, his team. Do you think it's more of him just saying he wanted that mentally? Because, I mean, if you look at it, a lot of people saying, well, he needs to get back, but, you know, he got to look at his career. I mean, we go right. back to RG3 and how he got hurt. You know, do these players look at it and say, you know, I'm not mentally ready? Well, I think you have to look at it on a on a case by case basis. Um, you know, RG three is a young guy, and he's got a lot to prove. As you know, do most rookies and and, and first couple of year guys that get into the professional arena. Uh, so he's eager, um, eager to get back. And you know how it is. Sometimes these young guys they heal up a lot quicker uh, than the guys that have a little bit have a few more miles on them. Uh, I think you know Derek had tasted success. <clears throat> he had been in the, year, the league a few years, um, and you know, it, 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 again, if you if you're not mentally in it, uh, you can hurt yourself. So, um, and you know, the saying is ignorance is bliss. I'm and not saying that the the the, uh, the gentleman who was talking about football was ignorant. I'm just saying that he he, he still had a lot to prove, and he's you know leave it out there on the field. So I yeah. think you have to look at it on a case by case basis. Yeah, yeah, that is true. You got to look at a case by case and team. But if you, if it was an older player, say he was in his tenth or eleventh year, you think it'd be different, man? You think he would have went out there and played? Uh, if it was his tenth or eleventh year, uh, and, and he had an injury like RG three, yeah. I doubt I doubt that he'd be able to come back. I mean, he'd have to be a special type of player to come back because, again, you approach the game. And your game will evolve as the years um, start wearing down on you. And, you know, RG3 was fresh out of the box last year. 
And again, he has a lot to prove. Whereas you, if you would have given that injury to a Brett Favre when he was, he was in his 10th or, or 11th year or John Elway or one of those guys, he would have had a certainly, you know, I mean, it's a, again, I go back to the mental aspect because, you know, part, part, part of RG3's deal, and you would know more than me, is he could scramble, or he could scramble very well as well as the arm that he possessed. Um, and you tear, you tear, you tear the ACL and everything like that at an older age, at 30, 31, 32 years old. You're not, first of all, you're not, you, you wouldn't be scrambled as much as you were when you were 22. Second of all, you'd have, you're going to have to change your game because something's been taken away and you need to add something and you, you got to work like hell to figure out what that is sure. in order to adjust your game. Well, that's what I do, Reg. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have more questions for you from the listeners, and I got some questions. But this is Jay Lowe and Reggie Slater, former A player. We'll be right back. Right, Reg? Yes, sir. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This uh, James Loving back with Loving, loving That Sports Talk. And I got my guest, Reggie Slater. You know, Reggie? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you ain't leaving. That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, Reg, I was telling well, I'm trying to get into this NBA, and it just started up. Um, before we go on over to Houston and Howard, you know, kind of take us in, because I was talking to a, um, a kid last week. I went out and visited with one. He's in high school, and he's kind of asking, you know, NBA. 
everybody, everybody thinks the NBA is just like you go down there, you set up picking all like that. Try and tell us how hard it is down there when you're trying to block out and get all these big people. you got to be strong down there, don't you? Oh, my goodness. You know, I was, uh, 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 you know, you, first of all, you you got to realize in the NBA, there's, not to get the exact number, but you're, you're one of 400 and some odd people. That is a rarity. That means you you were tried, tested, and got the stamp of approval. And in doing that, you have you have somehow you know prepared your, yourself mentally and physically for for the game for what you have to do, and in doing that you are in top peak physical shape. So when you go out there and you battle for a rebound, it's not like battling against your little brother or your little sister or your mama. This is a grown man <laughs> that could probably snap you in half. So you know you you have to go out there with your hard hat on, and your chest out, and ready to go. And, and what was what was I mean? I mean, you know, just like. But I mean, I look at um, Chris Bar. Can he deal with those big guys? I mean, with the big bodies, and you look like a Shaq, and I like that red. Well, the, the, he is an unusual big man in that he is definitely a defensive presence with with his length. Uh, normally, uh, big guys like that are offensively limited. Uh, he, he's been blessed offensively. I mean, I've seen this guy step out in the three point line. Not a lot of guys guarding him. Fives are going to do that. So he has a little bit of an advantage, but it does take away somewhat from the offense. Um, in that, you know, you got to have a good inside out for any kind of team in the NBA that's going to go into the playoffs. Fortunate for the Heat, uh, they've got guards that if Bosch is not doing it, Dwayne Wade can go down there, or LeBron can go down there. So they've got they've got several attack methods to to to, to hit you. But but as far as rebounding and using his length effectively, Chris Bosh does do that. Uh, if you wanted to try and compare to him him to a say like a, I'll just use one of the best centers I've ever played against, Akeem Olajuwon. That's a different story in that Akeem, you know, he established himself offensively and defensively in the paint on both offense and defense. Chris does do a great job defensively establishing himself in the paint, but he is not as dominant as um, as, as the typical center may be in the paint. Um, you know, in the past, but he does have some, but he does have some 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 weapons in his arsenal that still make him effective. You know, you went into this question I was going to ask you, uh, Milton. Danza, I can't say the last name, from Montana. Uh, I got to tell the listeners, you hear so many emails. There's 180, and I was trying to go through them. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, man. My daughter's trying to go through them right now. But Milton from Montana, Reggie, I paused you at Wilma. You were a great player. What was the toughest person you had to guard? And and you kind of was going into that, right, with a king? Uh, in Wyoming or, or, or the pros? The pros? Uh, uh, in the, I think he said meant the pros. He didn't say. In the pros, uh, you know, gosh, you know, I'm a little guy, but I was always matched up against the the big fellas. So I mean, I, I was I was fortunate enough to play against, you know, the Charles Barkleys, the you know, Patrick Ewans, the Kim Lizmans, the Charles Oakleys, Chris Webbers, all those guys. But uh, you know, Tim Duncan. There's so many great players I was fortunate enough to play against. Um, 
you know, I, and, and partly because I'm a fan, um, I'm going to say Barkley was pretty darn hard to hold. I won't lie to you because as big as he is, his his, uh, his body was tricky because he was just this round guy. He's actually shorter than me. But he was cat quick and could jump out the gym and would tell you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work if you're playing against a guy and he's telling you how bad he's whipping you. Uh, Elijah one at least had the decency to be a silent assassin. But Charles is more of a loud assassin. Oh, that's a, was Charles pretty cool? Huh? Was Charles pretty cool, though? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. But, you know, it's just, you know, he, he's an example of, you know, he enjoyed playing. Uh, he's passionate about playing. And, uh, you know, he'd he tell you, you know, you, uh, the, the first time I ever played against him was the year he won MVP. And uh, I remember entering the game. It was my first time ever playing against uh, Barkley, holding him. And he actually told me what he was going to do. You know, he, you know, he just called me young fellow. I, I, I yet I had yet to establish a name. Um, you know, young fellow, I'm gonna catch the ball right here, pump fake, you go around and and, and uh, dunk the ball. You know, there's only about 20 seconds left on the clock. And uh, I said, no, nope, 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 absolutely not. Sure enough, he pump faked me, went around and dunked the ball. And the coach, my coach, was standing in earshot of our conversation. And, you know, he looked at me he's like. Reggie, he told you what he was going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, what I'm going to do, you know. I swear he jumped, actually, but he, no, he pump faked me. <laughs> but, you know, those are great experiences. Man, I had a lot of fun. And, again, you know, I go back to a whole other conversation we had earlier about injuries and whatnot. You know, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Uh, you know, that game I played against uh, a fellow, um, gosh, no. Wayman Tisdale, or rest, may God bless his soul. He, he was another guy. Good Lord, tore me apart. I was a rookie, and I'm just trying to make the team and try. Long arms. And he'd get me on the block. He was there. He was a big guy, you know, too, Red. It, it, well, I'm a big guy, but these guys, and that's why I always laugh because, you know, in, in, in the world that I'm in now, people always refer to me as a big guy. You know, I'm 6'6", six, six and, and kind of wide. But when I go around my professional peers, the guys that I play basketball with, you know, I'm always the shortest, always the shortest guy in the group. Uh, I, may, I may be as wide as some of them. But, you know, in, in that world, I'm not easily not the biggest guy, easily not the biggest guy. <laughs> Man, I had a chance, like you said, with Broccoli. You know, I know all too well about Broccoli. But I'm not really a great guy, though. But oh, yeah, Barkley, he's a great guy. He's oh, yeah, guy. Broccoli didn't care about nothing. He, like you say, he'll tell you what he's going to do. And he's going to do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I had some great times with him, me and Sean Wiggins with Broccoli. But yeah. Reg, another one. I, I love these. I told you, my daughter was up all night. <laughs> um, this is from Winston from Miami. Okay. Hey, Red, who was the most trash talker player in the NBA? I got my glasses on. Um, gosh. When I played, again, this is back in the 90s. Um, trash, I mean, there's a couple guys. What I learned to do is you cannot get into a conversation with these guys. So I, I, I blacked them out. I blocked them out totally. But top of the list, I'm going to say Michael Jordan. 
there? Right, right up there. I'm gonna say uh, Reggie Miller. Um, um, it's Oakley. You know, I, I had a chance to play with him, and I didn't hear it as bad. But when I played against him, I, it wasn't that he was trash talking; like he was threatening certain people. <laughs> 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 that was just odd to me. <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, uh, you know, guys like David Robinson, Tim Duncan, I never heard one word. I know certain guys you never, you know, Gary Payton, oh, my Lord, Gary. Oh, he's a, Gary, Gary, I, you know, I was, this guy needs to be subject to a mental test. He just talked and talked and talked and talked and never stopped talking. You know, whereas Mike and those guys were all fun, Gary was borderline, you know, you need help. You need psychiatric help. <laughs> you know, uh, Malone, he teased people, you know. You know, if you were short or if you were overweight or if you were skinny or if you were, you know what I mean? He just teased right. all the time. But, you know, those, for the most part, guys guys, pretty good natured, you know. They had fun out there. It's kind of like, you know, we got two minutes for a break, but kind of like what was said on the court. I mean, like, uh, kind of like what you said with Brock, I'm a dunk, you know, dribble, mm-hmm. and dunk, you know. What, what uh-huh. was like, you know, like a, a Michael would say, you know, because you know, I'm watching the game. I, it seemed like Michael wouldn't say nothing to nobody, you know. Oh, uh, yes, he did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know why the camera was missing it, but he talked all the time. You know, he'd uh, he'd ask guys if they're parent, you know, now your kids here tonight because I don't want to embarrass you too bad. You know, <laughs> I mean, he'd ask guys. I've heard Mike ask guys, you know, do you want me to shoot a fadeaway or do you want me to go around and dunk? Because I'm gonna do one of them. You know, guys. So he gives guys choices. I thought that was very nice of him. Um, <laughs> but you know, just trash talking like that about you know you can't guard me or or you better go talk to your coach about you know you need some help. I heard that a lot. You know, you better, you better, you know, after the timeout, you guys need to, you know, devise a new health defense because I'm killing you guys. I am just, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, you know, what what can you say? Because, you know, in some instances, guys, we're killing you. Right. <laughs> you can't get into the NBA without having a special skill set. Most of that is scoring. Almost everybody can score. Now, there's roles that are established and, you know, you know, some guys are a little bit better, but even the worst scorers on the team, your 10, 11, 12 guys, were still the man back in college. So they can still get happy one day and, and start scoring and, and putting some numbers up. So, you know, when you're playing against a guy, say say a LeBron, and nowadays, you know, guys are out there now, LeBron or, or Kobe uh, or, or any of these guys that are really hot right now, their reputation is going to follow them, so they're going to get the benefit of the doubt uh, when a lesser-known player is playing against them. Next thing you know, you've got, you know, two or three fouls on you, and the guy's telling you that. <laughs> you know you got two fouls. You know you're coaching that. You know this. You know that. I mean, that's, and I, I, I stayed away from that because that's, <laughs> that's the worst thing for me to do is ever get engaged in conversation with guys. <laughs> but did it happen? Yeah. I wish that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you said something key that I want to talk about. I want to come back from break that I want to talk a little bit more about. But um, this is Jared Loving and Reggie Slater, former NBA player. We'll be right back with Loving and Sports Talk. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Loving That Sports Talk. Yeah, this is Jack Lover, Reggie Slater, and loving that sports talk, right, Reggie? Man, I'm loving, man, I'm loving that sports talk, loving it. <laughs> Before we went to break, Reggie was speaking on something, then after, um, while we were on break, we were talking, I said you had a key point where you were talking about you have to come with something unique, you know, because everybody can score. And mm-hmm. I was telling this young kid that I want to play football, and um, he wants to go to Utah, but I was telling him when I went to Philly, you know, the guys told me, everybody here can catch. You got to do something unique. Go ahead and explain a little more what you mean by that. Rich. Well, everybody was, again, in order to be seen and recognized and to get an opportunity to play in that upper level, whether it's MLB, NFL, NBA, you got to be a standout player. So it therefore goes to logically say that you were the man or one of the men uh, in college, or if you're fortunate enough to be in high school, which is a very, you know, very low percentage of people. So everybody in these professional games was the man at one point. And when you get to the NBA, MLB, NFL, that doesn't just go away. You feel the man in your mind. It's just that that level of dedication, that level of focus, and that level of practice just stepped up to another tier. And... You know, if you go out there, you take a hundred shots, and you're 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 making seventy five, and you think you're pretty good. All of a sudden, you're next to a fella that's making ninety, and he's got that role of being the shooter or the designated shooter on the team. So 
you've got to go out there and do something that, again, puts you into a standout position. And the guy that lasted pretty long, uh, the, I, I'll use the example of another guy. Again, I, I bring up Oakley. And, 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 and in today's, uh, today's players, I'd say uh, Joaquin Noah. Uh, and he is known for his rebounding, but there's a lot of other positives that he does that are not on the stat sheets. You see this guy diving for the ball. You see this guy setting picks. You see this guy taking up for his teammates. Uh, Kevin Garnett, you know, he's on, he's in the twilight of his playing years. And as old as he is, he's a dinosaur in, in basketball years. But I still see that passion going through there and him doing all those little things out there to help his team, teammates win. And, and that is, that is how you excel. That is how you stand out. Because, again, you, you wouldn't be invited in this position to be on a professional level if you, were, if you didn't have some type of extreme talent, some type of rare top talent. But even there, you know, it's like that old saying, that success is not a, a destination. It's, it's, a, it's a way of thinking, a way of looking. So you've got to continually work on your game. It's a, it's a continual evolutionary process. It's not a destination. That goes into this question, uh, Reg. Uh, Malik from Detroit, Michigan. And what advice would you give a kid that wants to play in the NBA? Um, work hard. Work very hard. And when you don't think you can play anymore, take a break, then keep on working. You know, focus on your goal, dream big. Work on every aspect of your game that you can. First of all, make sure you're doing your, taking care of your grades. <laughs> but is that kind of like what you were saying? You got to be something, got to do unique, something different. I mean, yeah, well, like you, you, well, Tony Dungy. I, you know, I, I love intelligent people that give good quotes. And Tony Dungy has a deal where he says, and I, and I forgot what coach told him, but he said, "Success is something." You probably heard this before. Not to be shared by the common man, because it is uncommon to go out there and work on your game when everybody else is partying. It is very uncommon to be focused on your goal when everybody else is telling you you can't do it. That's why only uncommon people achieve great success. And in order to get to the NFL, the NBA, MLB, you have to have that mindset of you don't, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You have to set your goals and you have to achieve, achieve them by any means necessary. And, 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 and that's it. And that's it. There's nothing that someone else can say that can derail you from your train. You're focused. Your, your goals are set. And that's what a champion is. And those are the people that reach that upper echelon, whether that's sports or business. Because there are going to be a, it's going to be common and plentiful for people to tell you what you cannot do. Because that's the easy way out. And misery loves company. So to separate yourself from that type of company, you've got to do something and put forth effort and distinguish yourself away from the crowd. You've got to be different. That doesn't mean going out there and, 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 and uh, you know, putting on lipstick and that type of thing. That means you doing the work that those other guys, when they say they're tired, that's when you go into, you know, you put it into another gear. 
And a lot of this is mental. It's, 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 it's not just physical. It's the mental. you got to know it. you got to believe it. And that's why any advice I give to a kid that wants to play, go into this know, knowing that only 2 to 3% of the people that want to be in professional sports get to go there. Going, going, to that, going to that, knowing that, but but realize that, realize that. I mean, you just got you just got to do the work. Let's go back for a second, Reg. Let's let's use you. Um, coming up, I don't know how you you know. Let's let's use you like the grade school and from high school to college to pro. Can you tell us what in your mindset and your goals and what you had on kind of work that you started that you do? You know what I'm saying? Can you give us a you know like a happened through and what? Uh, of, 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 and what do you mean? I'm sorry. I'm... Say that again. What did you say? Uh, give you give you a what now? Give us your timetable of what were your goals and what did you do? Like, I say, like, um, if you played before eighth grade, were you? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, you know you, what? You know what uh, I was just very fortunate. I won't lie to you. I was very fortunate. You know, they say when whenever. The job that you do is like a vacation, and it's really not a job. That's when people excel. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate to 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 get into the basketball thing. And, uh, you know, dude, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pleaser, just like, you know, a lot of people out there. And there's nothing worse, nothing better than you going out there and you playing a good game, everybody telling you how, Good you played, and uh, you know, you, you know, your, your mom is proud of you. Your friends are proud of you. Your aunts and uncles are proud of you, um, and that that's awesome. You you, you 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 can sit back on that and be happy for that one game. The next game, you don't play so well because you didn't put in the work, right? So there's right. there's some there's something you learn there. If you start putting in work, then you're gonna start getting rewards most of the time. So that just pushes you further and further. And what happened to me throughout my entire career is, is just like uh, steps on a ladder. It, the higher I got, the more evolved my thought process was of how, I keep on using the word success, goes. The, 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 every time, it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, love, if, if, if you and I were, were, if you and I were in a certain place, and uh, you're in Arizona right now? Chicago. Chicago. You're in Chicago. You're on the first floor. I'm on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. I can see a little bit further than you. And we and we, we would, I would say, are of equal intelligence and or equal physical abilities. But because I can see further than you, I have a an advantage. And that is what happens when you continually push yourself on that ladder of success. It's not that you are more intelligent than any particular person. It is just that you can see farther. You have a greater imagination, and you believe what you see. I've seen success coming from hard work. So as I got older, whether that was in high school, college, professional, this business world, I've seen what happens when you keep your goals high, you stay away from the naysayers, and you focus on your desires and dreams. Good things happen, but you've got to continually climb. And, you, and that 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 next tier you get to opens up a whole new level of opportunities. 
And then once you learn from those opportunities, it goes to another tier on that ladder. And you learn more. You have more possibilities. And there's more opportunities and doors to success. And the guy that was on the first floor, the one that said that you couldn't do it way back when, he doesn't see that. And, you know, you hear people in conversations say, you know, I just don't understand. Of course you can't understand because you're looking at it <laughs> from a view that I've left years ago. You're looking at a view from, 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 from of what can't be. Again, I'm more focused on what can be. And, again, whether it's through high school, college, professional sports or professional business, uh, I, 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 you know, I have a desire to continually, because I'm a pleaser, and I want to make, you know, I want to make the memory of some people that have gone proud, and I want to make my family proud. I'm continually seeking to grow, and, and I see what I need to do, but that's, you know, that's, that's now, now I've evolved into the part of, uh, of, of leadership skills after growth. Because not only do you have to believe in it, but that system and that group of people that you're around, you've got to get them somehow to either believe in their part or believe in your vision while managing egos, while not having to say, you know, hey, that was my idea. It was all me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. So, I mean, I know I've kind of extrapolated on that a little bit too much, but... But, but part of it, again, is the, 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 the more you grow, the more you push yourself, the more you challenge, the more opportunities open up. And when you take advantage of those opportunities that have therefore opened up for you, that opens up again at another level. And so, you know, you're several levels above some of these other guys, a lot of these other guys, all because they lack the, the, the proper focus and discipline. And again, it's not that there's this great intelligence difference or athletic difference, it's a belief difference. And that makes all the difference in the world. Red, is it, is it good to say, I mean, um, you let me know. Um, when I was coming up, I had a chip on my shoulder because I didn't, everybody didn't believe I could do it. Make it. Is that good to have? Absolutely. You need, you need naysayers uh, because that, 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 uh, that lets you know one thing, when they say that, when they say that, you know, love is crazy, or Reg is crazy because he wants to do X, Y, Z, he's not going to be able to do that. I, you, you have to have people around you that say what you, say what you can't do because that gives you a goal to go towards to go ahead and do it. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And all that is is they're either too lazy or too slow-witted to, to think or fathom of how to do that. You know, how, how would it have been if LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or any of those other guys? What, you know, you're, you're just a you know, country white kid from Indiana. You're not going to play in the league. And you got cut from your varsity team to JV. You'll never play in the league. You know, uh, and, you know, LeBron James, from what I was saying, he had a tough growing up. I mean, what would have happened if those guys would listen to the people that told them what they can't do? Clearly, they had a vision of their own, and they and they believed in that, and they kept on working. I can't so you like gotta have thing. you gotta have that chip on your shoulder because you know it, it's it's something that helps push you. It helps push you. I kind of like this next question that this um, guy, this 
uh, uh, email me the and it kind of goes in like you know you see the um, the New York Giants say zero oh, and six Rich they have one uh-huh. game and uh-huh. hear all these about you know the players it's the coach and there's locker room talk and and this player um, this young man from uh, Leon from Minnesota. Hi, Reg. Um, I followed you throughout the years when you was playing. I lived out in Montana. Spelled the wrong. But thanks for all the great memories. How do you prepare night after night when you have a man, my glass when you when your team is having a losing season? That kind of goes with um. I like that one because you know everybody asks me like, how do you go into the locker room? How do you go on that field of, and and get on that court, Reg, and want to play when you zero and six or you zero and sixteen in basketball? You know what I'm saying? So uh, I kind of like that one that Leon sent you, you know, because I think well, you've come now. How did y'all do in Minnesota? Well, you know, we did very well there, but we had great leadership there, mm-hmm. and we had great, you know, we had great leadership, and, and we believed. Uh, and, and, you know, I would tell Leon that, you know, not only in basketball, but in life, I've, I've encountered that, and so have millions of other people. But it is two things popped in my head. There's a saying that I learned a long time ago, which is tough times don't last, but tough people do. I really do believe in that. And there's another saying that I, I try to apply to, you know, when it's, when it's going slow. You can only win the race when you're in the race. You've got to be present. It doesn't matter all these outside factors. What Leon would need to do is focus on Leon and being the best Leon that Leon could be. Because through all this, he's going to rise. Or you could feel sorry for yourself and be like the rest of those guys and be common. You know, the choice is really up to the individual. But how do you? But but you know, whether you're zero and six, you got you got you know these guys again. I go back to these guys didn't get to this professional ranking by being a bunch of bums. Now, w- there's something going on there that needs to be repaired and fixed. Uh, you know, that's a management type thing. But the ingredients are there. You know, the ingredients are there. These guys just have to keep their heads up and stay focused. And I'm sure they are. I mean, these guys are professionals. Well, is, is it like, I mean... What are the players saying? I mean, like, I know, like, um, I've never the, been the, on the locker room. Is probably testy. <laughs> it's very testy. I'm, I'm sure the locker room is very testy because right. nobody likes to lose. You know, you have, you have to hate losing more than you love winning. You know, nobody wants to be labeled a loser. You have to hate losing more than you love winning. And I know, and I've been in that situation where the you know, locker room gets testy. And what's the answer? Everybody wants to know the answer. I don't know the answer. But but that's where time comes in. You have to be patient, and you have to stay focused. And and, and most of all, you cannot not believe in yourself. Well, let me ask you this, Reg. I mean, and I see it on, you know, I watch football, you know, and I see the Giants. So I'm going to keep using football because basketball I can't. But, and I see when the defensive back, or the safety let the receiver score, and they it's the Giants on six. Everybody telling, why you ain't doing your job? Is it the name game? I mean, it's not like, why don't you do your job? And I, you know, like what you're saying, Leo, Leon need to do a Leon, right? If everybody do, but if you start pointing fingers, saying, hey, um, Reggie didn't come over and help me out, you know? Does that start? You know? It do, it does in 
somebody has to be, be the, in, in a situation like that, when, when people start putting the blame game, that's, that's easy. That's easy to do. That's an easy trap to fall into. Because there's a lot of pressure in professional sports. There's a lot of pressure in, pressure in professional business. But the truly elite, the higher echelon, you have to keep your cool. Uh, you know what? So what if I messed up that one time? What about the other time that I saved your butt? And you don't even need to voice that, but, you know, just, you know, it's powerful to say, you know what? I messed up. I was wrong. Hopefully these guys continue to believe in me because somewhere down the line, I did something good enough to earn this starting spot or earn this spot. Uh, yes, I messed up. I will, I, I believe in myself. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to rectify the situation, you know, uh, or, or you can just get very offended and be like, you know, the heck with you. I hate you. And then that person hates another person, and then nothing gets done. And you can throw the whole entire season down the toilet. So while the whole world or the whole city of New York is on these guys being 0-6, you have to have a strong unit and a leader in there and some or somebody that keeps that boat afloat and keeps them on course. To once it gets, you know, it's always dark before the dawn, before the dawn comes up. Uh, and the reason I actually was ready is two things. I went and watched um, this high school game, you know, this weekend, and Tina was playing with Owen, they was 0 7, and you've seen the players giving up. You know what I'm saying? They I'm can't like, do that. Yeah. Right, and you've seen it in them. I'm like, what can you tell as a coach? I mean, if you're coaching that 0 7 team, what would you tell your players to keep them in that, you know, motivated? What can you say, Red? Hey. They, they get blown uh, no. out losing 50 to nothing. Well, well, you know, I'll tell kids, you know, look, man, it depends on, you know, what part of the game it is. Uh, if, 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 if time is just against your side and, and you're not going to win this game, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down scrapping. Right. They're gonna remember us, you know. Uh, if I'm, you know, if I'm gonna lose, and you know, I, I always used to laugh at Tim Bro. I played with him, and he always had a saying that you know when he was guarding a guy, if, you know, if this guy started getting too many points, he's about to have a contusion in his arm or have some cuts or something because you know you're not gonna embarrass me uh, scoring on me like that. You know what I mean? I'm gonna file out somehow. You're gonna feel it. Um, you know, if, 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 if I would tell those guys if they're gonna go down, go down fighting. And then get ready for the next game. You know, it's redemption. Right. Redemption is a beautiful thing. There's always a game. That was, you know, that was a common phrase in the league, especially if you lost a game. Uh, you know, there's always a game in two or three days. You know, don't let your highs get too high nor your lows get too low. You know, keep believing in yourself. There's a reason you're here. You know, uh, you know, the time that your parents invested in you, the time your coach invested in you, the time your friends invested in you, and more so the time that you've invested. You cannot forget any of that stuff because that is your crutch. You know, I, I, there's nowhere in the world, the team that I was on, I couldn't look at those guys and say, well, you know what, guys, I know we're trying to achieve a goal here, but I'm going to let you down today. I'm going to just stop believing in myself. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> that is flat out insane. And so, therefore, again, giving up is insane. I might take a rest for a second, but, you know, 
rest mentally because every you, know, you lift weights, you need to have rest. You're doing anything, you need rest. But in the you know in the overall picture, oh, I'm gonna be back, and you're gonna feel me. You're gonna feel me somehow. You know your presence has to be palpable. You know what I mean? They have to feel you, your presence. So you know, I tell them guys, you know, if you go down, you know, go down swinging, not not literally, you know, going out there fighting, but going down there knowing that you know you guys just didn't give up, and then just prepare for the next game. You guys more fuel to to get you guys more focused on the next game. Well, Red, we only had two minutes left, but I wanted to say I talked to Andre Rudolph the other day, and I was just it was just amazing how he said. You know, we we all went to class school together, and we can still call each other as friends and talk. And you know, I want to thank you every time I would call you to be on the show or the chat. So I want to put that out there with my listeners. Uh, I really appreciate it, Red. You always come through, and I guess why you got all these emails I'm going through. I got to go through some more. They keep popping up now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate the time that you know you took out to give me a call. Uh, again, this is just my opinion, man. There's, there's a lot of different ways to it, but all of the ways to get to success include hard work, belief, and focus. So, I mean, that's the one impression that, I, 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 that I'll stay consistent on. But I appreciate you taking the time to let me um, voice my opinion to your audience. I appreciate your friendship. I hope you enjoy yourself while on this weekend, and I will talk to you later. All right. Thanks again, Red. And uh, I'll be calling you back on the show, okay? Yes, sir. Be good. All right. This is Jay Lover, Reggie Slater, and another great show. See you next week. All right. Bye. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry. James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at LovingThatSportsTalk at Yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.